Hello, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you this day with us for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's Monday, January 29th, 2024. We're almost done with the first month of 2024, and I think I'm starting to remember to say 2024 each day. <laughs> All right. Uh, we continue our catechesis uh, into baptism, and I mentioned this uh, a few weeks ago, I think, or a few days ago, in that we will be uh, continue some catechesis in baptism and confession, absolution, and the Lord's Supper. Um, we do this on the second year. We have that kind of intensive look at those uh, chief doctrines of the church and the way that they are given to us uh, in the Holy Scriptures, all right? both in type and shadow and, of course, explicitly um, in uh, instruction. All right. So, let's see, anything else? I don't think so. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was considered uh, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand, of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right. Our psalm this week was our uh, tract yesterday. That's the uh, during the Gesmatide and then into, into Lent and Passiontide. We have um, a brief selection of a psalm that comes in place of the Alleluia verse, that being omitted during during this time. So the tract was a portion of Psalm 130 yesterday. Today, or the rest of the week, we'll pray the whole psalm. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. My soul, or excuse me, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our verse is from, uh, well, I won't tell you where it's from. Let's actually say it first, and then we'll, we'll give it citation. All right. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke 9, verse 23. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke 9, verse 23. This is a uh, lovely picture of the whole language that we're going to confess here in the Catechism of daily dying and rising with Christ, being buried and then being raised from the dead, right? Denying oneself, that is dying to, to sins and evil desires and then being raised up to new life, right? That is in following Jesus from death into life. All right, so to that, our catechism this week, uh, last part of baptism here. What does such baptizing with water indicate? It indicates that the old Adam in us should, by daily contrition and repentance, be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Where is this written? St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Um, this is, connects well with uh, the 
really kind of grand idea that I was giving to you yesterday, that we live um, each day under the grace um, of our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? And all the ways that God is gracious to us, first in, in providing for our body and life, and then providing for um, our forgiveness, life, and salvation, his only Son, giving us his Spirit to provide for us faith and to gather us into that Christian church to receive um, his Son, Jesus, all right? Uh, that's that's the the way to understand our life as a Christian. And then from there, spinning out from there, you can see then how to interact with one another, how to engage in your daily vocations as well. So daily then, having been joined to Christ, having been forgiven freely in Christ, uh, for Christ's sake, the gracious gift of God um, for us poor sinners, um, of course then um, we would die with all sins and evil desires, having been crucified with Christ by baptism, right? And being raised to new life. Really sets a a different um, tone and timbre for the the vocational work that you've that's been set before you. Living free and forgiven as children of God um, in in every vocation and every um, aspect of life that comes before you, rather than thinking everything in terms of the material and the physical, um, recognizing that everything is a gift from from God, your heavenly Father, right? And of course, God knows your needs and well provides them, as we sing in the in the hymn. So one of those needs, of course, is to die to sin and to be raised to new life in his son, which he does. All right. Again, by our baptism. So you'll note here, this is a particular, I think, emphasis of uh, Lutheran doctrine of baptism in particular. I said in particular twice. Well, there we go. <laughs> that uh, baptism is not just a one-off event, but it is actually a daily. Um, has, it was done once, but it has ongoing effect, right? That's the the perfect passive tense. It was done to us once and it has ongoing effect. We are the baptized. We were baptized. We continue to be baptized. There's that daily dying and rising, living in our baptism. All right. So uh, we confess just a little part of Romans chapter six. Here's the the broader context. All right. And this might be helpful for you to hear everything else that Paul uh, puts around it. All right. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead uh, by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in a likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, and that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God, being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. You are not under law, but are under grace. Isn't that beautiful? All right. Uh, What's going on here? All right, now you can definitely hear me, but that's too loud. Huh, I don't know. Something strange going on there with my volume level, Uh, but so it is. It happens. Let's go look over here. What's happening in here? Uh, Don't see anything 
any reason why well there we go maybe that's better let's see here smart limit uh, now i'm definitely clipping nope that's too high hmm. all right well in any case uh let's see next yes jonah oh i was gonna say one thing sorry i got distracted by for some reason the volume level is low i know it, it sounds fine but you're wearing headphones uh i don't like it to get too low and it seems to be like 60 be too low and i'm just not sure why um the one thing to note here is is similar to what we were talking about before in regards to the um the catechism reading in that uh, in, a, in a more expansive way you see it here that you are to reckon yourselves dead indeed to sin and alive to god in christ jesus you might actually call this uh, you know a mindset right to have the right mindset <laughs> which seems a little bit strange i mean uh, or maybe a little bit uh, what do they say foofy i guess you know that mindset uh, that's the language of the um uh who the I guess the, the self-help gurus of the world, right? Uh, and we don't we want to avoid that. And so I think you know that would certainly not be what's going on here is having the right mindset. but but he does ha- have this mind in you, which is given to you, of course, by the Holy Spirit, right that you are uh, you are the baptized, you are forgiven, you are made clean, you are um, new people. Um, so I've also I've said it this way that we live already now in the resurrection. We're already now in the resurrection which is uh, perhaps also a little bit hard to get your head around, but so it is. Okay. So our reading then for catechesis comes from Jonah chapter 1 and 2. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship uh, going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, and threw a cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him, and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not uh, perish. And then they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. And they said to him, Please tell us, for whose cause um, is this trouble upon us and what is your occupation and where do you come from what is your country and of what people are you good question so he said to them i am a hebrew and i fear the lord the god of heaven who made the sea and the dry land then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him why have you done this for the men knew that he fled from the presence of the lord because he had told them and they said to him what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us for the sea was growing even more tempestuous And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea, and then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard uh, to return to land, but they could not. For the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleases you or pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. 
Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly, and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice, for you cast me into the sea, or excuse me, into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. I just love that language of vomiting. How's that? Isn't that beautiful? All right. Uh, let's see here. No, that's good. Ah, maybe it's this. Aha! There we are. <laughs> ah, I do not understand how these things get changed. Okay. Should be about twice as loud now in your headphones or uh, speakers. So, all right. So, let's go back to the beginning and, uh, well work through it here. So uh, what does Jonah mean? What does the word mean or name mean? I don't know if you know this. This is uh, really helpful, actually. It means dove. Yeah, it means dove, which uh, if you think water, word of God, judgment, um, and a dove, yes, think about how the Holy Spirit comes like a dove to extend God's grace to every nation right? And I think that's certainly going on here. I mean, that's ultimately what's going to happen in the story of Jonah, isn't it? That he's going to come and preach repentance for the forgiveness of sins to um, to Nineveh, uh, and they will actually repent, which is uh, pretty incredible. Uh, Jonah himself doesn't seem, seems to be kind of surprised by the whole thing, though, <laughs> which is ironic. All right, uh, let's see. So, um, oh, by the way, Jonah, uh, we find the word or the name Jonah in the New Testament as well. Really? Yeah, it's in uh, uh, Matthew 16. Blessed are you, Simon, Simon Peter, bar Jonah, son of, of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, uh, but my Father who is in heaven, right? Yeah, isn't that beautiful? So, uh, Simon bar Jonah, Simon bar Jonah. All right, no, that means I can turn this back down, I think. I had all sorts of things adjusted incorrectly I th- <laughs> to make that work. Now it should be even a little less distorted. Okay, uh, where were we? Simon Barjona. Okay, he's supposed to go to Nineveh. I should show you a um, should show you a map, but I'm not going to do that uh, just because of character of the devotion. But uh, Nineveh is to from where Jonah is, where he starts, is to the north um, east in Assyria. Okay, mortal enemies, of course, of God's people. So he's supposed to go um, from Amittai to uh, to Nineveh. A short journey too, probably uh, maybe a few days by foot. So, uh, but instead he gets on a boat to go to Tarshish, which is actually at the southern coast of Spain. <laughs> so the complete other side of the Mediterranean Sea. So uh, literally Jonah is trying to go as far away from what the Lord has commanded him to do as humanly possible, going to the other end of the known world. <laughs> All right. Um, so he's, he's supposed to go, the word of the Lord says, go to Nineveh and cry out against it. And instead Jonah reacts by running away. All right. So he gets into a ship instead of getting into, if you like, the ship of the church in Nineveh which is heading toward Nineveh, right? So, of course, he's running away. He's fleeing from the Lord, right? And uh, the Lord brings judgment against him. 
as a consequence. Yeah. So always be careful when you uh, turn against God's word. Uh, God will repent you. <laughs> he will change your mind. All right. And here he does it by this violent windstorm, right, which comes against um, the the ship with the mighty tempest, right, to be to break it up. By the way, we have two beasts then in the story of Jonah. One would be the tempest actually functions as a, as a beast like Leviathan, and then also the great fish. So. Uh, the sea monsters. There's there's multiple sea monsters here. The, the type of a sea monster, and of course they're both under God's command. But we'll find out why in a minute. Um, the other time that involves violent wind upon the water is actually the flood. Is the flood causing the wind to blow? Um, we don't usually talk about the wind. We talk about the rain. Uh, the wind is confessed in Genesis chapter six through nine, uh, but also in the Psalm, like we prayed last week, with the your lightnings lighted up the world. Right? Okay. So the sailors, um, or the mariners, they rightly call out to their god, or gods, I should say. Uh, but of course, their gods didn't bring the storm, so their gods also doesn't don't answer. Never mind, they're also false gods. All right. So you, you always are supposed to call in the correct god. That's part of the story here. Who do you look to for your help in time of need? Right. And there are there there are all these lesser gods in a sense, all these um, people or places or objects or things that we put our worship in um, that, in a sense, do answer us. Um, uh, but are not trustworthy, and in this case, they're not the one. They're not the cause of the storm, right? None of the sea monsters or the um, Baal or Ashtoreth or whatever they worship, right? But it's the Lord, the Lord God of Israel, that has brought this tempest upon them, right? And they also throw the cargo in out of the ship to lighten the ship, right? Careful throwing out the baby with the bathwater. They're going to lose actually their. Uh, um, they're going to end up having to pay for that cargo, right? So they're going to lose whatever money they thought they were to gain. Jonah, interestingly enough, is down in the lowest parts of the ship, uh, fast asleep, right? Which uh, should sound familiar to you, a New Testament story. I I think Mark's account, maybe in particular, Mark 4, with the stilling of the storm. We'll hear that in a few days. No, we're not. We're going to hear walking on water. Uh, But stilling of the storm in Mark 4, right? Jesus is asleep with his head on a pillow. I love that in the stern. So uh, there, there are some ways that the story, this story and the story of Jesus are similar, um, or that story in particular of the stilling of the storm, or perhaps they're inverted, right? Jesus is unlike Jonah, right? He sleeps in the boat and yet he actually is the one who commands the waves and the wind, whereas Jonah, the waves and the winds are being commanded against him and he is asleep, um, not in confidence, but rather in rebellion, right? Maybe his sleeping is a sign of, of uh, a dead kind of faith, hmm. All right, so the captain, of course, wakes him up because um, their gods haven't answered. So, Jonah, do you have a god that we can call on? Um, call on him. Arise, O sleeper, from the dead. Right? Maybe your god will consider us. All right. Um, I don't think he does, but the, the other mariners use uh, their divination tools, these casting lots, to try to figure out which god is responsible, who is responsible. And, uh, of course, the lot falls on Jonah by the Lord's direction so that they ask Jonah, who are you? What's your occupation? Where do you come from? Now, notice that everything in this story, it sounds like it's a story of judgment, but it's actually entirely, the entire book of Jonah is about um, faith. It's about actually bringing, ultimately, Gentile unbelievers into saving faith. We'll see that both in Nineveh, but we'll also see it here now, right? I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, right? And what's the key word there? The God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. All right. Um, so, of course, he's the one that can command the sea since he made them. Um, and also, they find out that he's been running away from this God, the Lord, as he's called here. And uh, so they said, well, what, what shall we do to you to, or that the sea be calm for us? Right. And he says, throw me into the sea. Notice they won't do it. So, despite being unbelievers, um, you know, they have the, the law written on their hearts. They're not going to, to take Jonah's life. 
right? Um, so instead, they uh, try to row back to land, try to save themselves. But of course, they cannot save themselves. They need one to die in their place, in a sense, right? They need a savior. So their prayer is incredible. We pray, verse 14, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood. This is inverted with Jesus, right? His blood be on us and on our children. They're saying, no, um, this is your responsibility, O Lord. Do as it is pleasing to you. In a sense, they're actually praying for Jonah's life to be preserved, I think, as well. Um, you know, And don't take our life because of this man. So very interesting. Lots of things that we could think about here. Yeah, because Jesus is the innocent man who does die in place of sinful men, ultimately, in our place. All right, and then, of course, the raging of the sea grows calm. Uh, maybe we might think of the Navy hymn here. It just strikes me that it's something that may come to bear. Um, how, how's the Navy hymn start? Oh, I just lost the opening line. Uh, peril on the sea, for those in peril on the sea. That's the last line, right? Now it grows calm. And then notice what they do, actually. Faith, right? They fear the Lord. They trust in him exceedingly. They offer him a sacrifice and they confess their faith, right? They took vows. This is confirmation, right? They're confirmed. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. But the Lord, of course, is gracious and merciful and long-suffering, even with somebody like Jonah. And uh, maybe on the on behalf of their prayers or because of uh, Jonah's repentance, right? He does repent. Uh, throw me aboard, right? This is my responsibility. I take ownership for it. Uh, that's part of repentance. That... Um, God has the great pit fish swallow Jonah. Notice he prepares him to do it. Just as he commands the waves and the wind, he commands the, even the great fish, right? And notice how long he's in the fish, three days and three nights. You think that's surprising? Uh, no, Jesus gives this as the sign of his own resurrection, uh, but we'll talk about that later this week. All right. Notice what Jonah does while he's in the fish. This is incredible. I, I think you can make the case that Jonah dies in the belly of the fish and then comes out alive again, even if not literally. Um, in a spiritual sense, right? Dies to all sin and unbelief. And and the reason you could say that is because of what he prays. He uses the Psalms for his prayers, all the Psalms of lament in regards to death, Sheol or the grave, right? Yeah, that dove shows up all. So coming like a dove at um, Jesus' baptism um, is not surprising that we would have the dove with the story of Noah and here with the story of Jonah, these big story water stories, right? Right. Uh, it's a little bit obscured uh, in Jonah because you need to know his name means dove, but there you go. All right. Um, notice he has some great statements of faith, though, too. Yes, he's confessing that he um, deserves to die and that he is in the grave, but also, verse 4, I will look I will look again toward your holy temple. That could be a confession of resurrection, I think, right, of gospel hope. Um, verse 6, yet you have brought my, my life from the pit, O Lord my God. Again, resurrection, right? And then uh, verse Nine, I will sacrifice to you, future tense, with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So even in the midst of his death, he confesses um, that there is life in Christ, ultimately. Isn't that beautiful? This would be a great prayer. Hmm, I thought about this. Um, I think there's a canticle version in Lutheran service book. I should probably sing it at the Easter vigil this year. Actually, that's what I'd like to do this year, is to sing some of these great canticles. Um, let's see, it should be in liturgical music, right? In the back? Not national songs. No, 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 no. Uh, create in me, we all believe, hallelujah, so glory be, your heart is grieved. Yeah, I'd have to find it. The Song of Jonah. It might actually be in the biblical canticles. That's what we want, right? Benedictus, Magnificat, 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 uh, Benedict, the Song of the Three Young Men, Song of the Three Young Men, this Isaiah song, Hannah song, Song of Isaiah, Song of, song of Moses in Israel. We need a Song of Jonah. All right, I'll have to find one. Ha, ha, ha.
Isn't that beautiful? We could pray this, uh, pray this, uh, you know, kind of like we pray the Noctibidus. Lord, now let your servant depart in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. I will, I will pay uh, what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? All right. Um, so the so the Jonah remembered in verse seven. I remembered the Lord. Right. And who teaches us to remember? God, the Holy Spirit. Again, God's gracious gift. And uh, what does he use to cause our remembrance? But the Holy Scriptures, which is what Jonah is praying. He's praying God's word. Right. So you see all the transformative, transformative, I should say, um, actions that happen here, which I think are all lovely pictures of our baptism. Right. We are made new again. We come to um, faith and trust in his word again. We're raised to new life again in Christ by the work of the Spirit in baptism. Right. Through water and word. And of course, the fish vomits him out on dry land. All right. We'll talk more about the vomiting uh, when we get to Christ on, on uh, whichever day we're going to read that text. All right. So the question that we had for our catechism this week was, how can water do such great things um, in baptism? Jonah rightly confessed that the Lord is the creator of heaven and earth. We do too. He made all things by his word. Or he who made all things by his word is also the one who creates faith and holy baptism by his word. Our Lord has cast himself into the stormy waters of our death that he might calm the storm for us. Though death threatens the ship of Christ's church, our Lord neither slumbers nor sleeps. He is always in the midst of his boat. Christ has given us his spirit to remind us of his salvation. As Jonah the dove came forth from the fish, so the Holy Spirit has come forth from Christ to give new to give us new life. Like Jonah, we follow our Lord into the water and are buried with Christ that we may be raised with him by the Spirit. Daily we are called to hear the convicting word of God's law and to drown the old man or Jonah by contrition and repentance. Daily we return to the promise of our baptism that Christ, the new man, lives within us. As surely as Jonah was vomited up on the third day and Christ raised on the third day, so we shall certainly be raised from the dark, cold grave to eternal life with Christ. Yep. So, yep, there's always about uh, three or four different places where the volume can be adjusted and I never know why one of them gets changed, but uh, yeah, it's true for every computer. All right, our hymn for the week was our hymn of the day yesterday. Dear Christians, one and all, rejoice. And um, uh, I have a sign for you, stanzas 6 through 10, 6 through 10. I think um, it's wise for us to maybe to focus on those because uh, after you sing through the first five, you probably start to get a little winded and you pay less attention to what you sing, <laughs> perhaps, uh, from 6 to 10. But these are just really powerful stanzas. So um, oh, I didn't actually put the audio up, so let me get that quickly. So that's what we're going to look at. And one of the things I love about this hymn um, is the way that it actually, there's a dialogue between the Father and the Son, that inner Trinitarian dialogue between Father and Son. It's, it's really beautiful um, that we hear about God's will and how it is uh, done for us in our salvation. All right? So this will be stanzas 6 through 10. Yeah, I mean, all said, the hymn is only about a little under seven minutes, but um, mm-hmm. some reason people are very sensitive just to the number of stanzas, not necessarily to the length of it. All right, here we go. So we'll start on stanza six.
All right, I've been a little bit chatty today. We've gone a little bit long. So uh, we'll leave it there. We'll pick up uh, where we left off tomorrow. Let's pray our prayer for the week. O Lord, graciously hear the prayers of your people, that we who justly suffer the consequence of our sin may be mercifully delivered by your goodness to the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for all vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray in Thanksgiving with Dasha, who celebrated her birthday yesterday. Um, Julie, Doug, Grant, all celebrating their baptism. Pray for the households of our church, especially that of uh, Ruth, Karen, Bev, Michael, Sylvia, and Susan. Pray for... Um, our Lutheran schools, and continue to pray Thanksgiving for the gift of healing for Wendell. Pray for all our catechumens, especially Wyatt, James, Aaliyah, Cole, Lydia, Charlie, Kaylee, Kimberly, Mason, and Kayla. Pray for all those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Ralph, Allison, Joe, Dennis, Len, Christopher, Brad, and Ron. Brad hospitalized again, I hear. Uh, Carol, having treatment after surgery for cancer. Mike, Doug, Donna, Sandy, Owen, Vicki, BJ, Merlin, Jolene, and District President Willie. Pray for our homebound Marcy, Dan, Lenore, Joan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. We pray for the work of the Gathering Place of Sheboygan Falls, our mission of the month, also for the Green County Church plant. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, that's our congregation at prayer for uh, this day, Monday, January 29th, 2024. It's good to have you. Uh, that story of Jonah is, hmm, there's so, so many typological or, um, what do you want to say, foreshadowings of Christ and his church and of baptism. Um, I think it's a powerful story. And I think that's maybe one of the reasons why um, it's so well known to us, and uh, it was children's books, storybooks, all that, and all the children in school pretty much knew the story of Jonah and being swallowed by the fish, maybe because it's so um, extraordinary, outrageous even, and that it captivates our attention and our minds. Uh, and then, uh, like like I was trying to advocate for you yesterday in the sermon, more or less, um, is that then that mind of Christ, that mind given to us by the scriptures, would then affect our daily life um, with one another, that we would also see God at work in our lives vocationally, like he was with um, with Jonah. All right, so God be with you all, and uh, keep you safe, and you're welcome. I'll see you again in the morning. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org that's stjohnrandomlake.org slash support and give today.